when you drive an ambulance, you have to be not only a defensive driver, but you also have to be a very aggressive driver. You just have to head on a swivel, you know, 360 degrees all the time. My first shift ever, I was so nervous, scared. I, I eventually had to, had to step back and, and, and I was just like, I, I can't do this right now. Welcome back to Drive With Us, a podcast where we bring on a new guest each episode to talk about the crazy things they've experienced on the road, who they are as a driver, and how they became the driver they are today. I'm Bafni. And I'm Taranjeet. And today's driver is Andrew, who is the host of the EMT Life podcast and a real-life EMT. This is a really interesting episode because... We not only got to see what it's like being a EMT, but also what it takes to be an ambulance driver and how it affects his personal driving. Welcome, Andrew. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, we're super excited to talk to you about your driving experiences, especially because you have that unique perspective of being an EMT an ambulance driver. But before we get more into that, let's have you introduce yourself to our listeners. Well, thank you. Like, like she said, uh, my name is Andrew. I currently live and work in Florida. And I, I'm an EMT. So a lot of my job is basically just driving an ambulance. So it's a lot of fun, kind of frustrating at times, but I love my job. So it's, it's always an adventure for me. So like I said, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. So what, um, if you don't mind sharing, what made you want to be an EMT? Oh, it's, it's, uh, kind of the cliche answer, but I've always, you know, from a young age wanted to, to be on something, you know, big vehicle, got light sirens, you know, everybody moves out of your way and you also get to help people. So it's the best of both worlds for me. And I want to eventually continue education into becoming a paramedic and then a firefighter eventually. So it's a, a slow progression for me, but eventually it'll get there. Oh, very cool. Well, thank you for all that you do as an EMT, and especially during this crazy COVID world that we're living in right now. And kudos for being able to navigate all the crazy drivers out there. Yeah, it's it's certainly a, it's certainly a blast, and it's an interesting time right now, but I love it. Wouldn't trade it for the world. So I really, really can't complain about it at all. I'm sure as an EMT or an ambulance driver, you've probably seen a lot more crazier stuff on the road than the average person. Would you be able to share some of those crazy experiences that you have seen? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's a different world. You know, you when you drive an ambulance, you have to be not only a defensive driver, but you also have to be a very aggressive driver. And, and of course, that comes with the uh, the severity of the call that you go on. But it's Whenever you hit the lights and sirens, people freak out. They don't know what to do. It's it's kind of funny, and you just have to head on a swivel, you know, 360 degrees all the time, especially to maneuver an ambulance uh, in and out of some tight areas just so you can get through. But we also have rules that we have to follow in the ambulance. We still have to stop at red lights and make sure the intersection is clear to proceed through before. But it's... It's a lot of fun and, and definitely some experiences uh, have been had. So how did it feel having to have that aggressive driving when you got in the ambulance as compared to normal driving in a car? 
Yeah, I remember uh, the first time I, I started driving an ambulance, my field training officer, he was like, why are you driving so slow? You, you need to go faster. You, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's completely the opposite of, of what you're taught to do in, in either a driving school or um, for your driver's test. So my first shift ever, I was so nervous, scared. Um, I, I eventually had to, had to step back and, and let, uh, let the other EMT take over. And I was just like, I, I can't do this right now. It's, it's just so not what I'm used to, you know? Um, but as, as any job you have, it all comes to you eventually and you get the hang of it. And then your road rage comes into play eventually once you've been doing this for long enough. It's, it's a different experience. Do you think driving an ambulance now has impacted the way you drive your regular car? Oh, definitely. For sure. I mean, especially when I just get off work, you know, the, the little things we have to do in the ambulance to, to put it in gear. We have a couple safety features. I look, you know, when I get in my personal vehicle, I look for those in my car and I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm not, I'm not in the ambulance anymore. And then driving home as well. You, you're like, why are we going so slow? In reality, you're actually going the speed limit. And I'm just like, okay, I need to relax. I'm not working anymore. Let's just take a step back. Yeah, I can imagine it can probably be hard to transition between the two different vehicles. Yeah, like uh, I drive, I still drive a truck, but an ambulance is two or three times heavier than a truck. So when I hit the gas in my truck, I take off where in an ambulance would be a little slower and it just uh, spooks you out a little bit. And you're just like, okay, let's breathe, get my mentality back into a non-work mentality and just relax and enjoy my day, enjoy my drive home. Are there specific requirements for you to be able to drive an ambulance? Yeah. So um, when you get hired, uh, you have to go through, they call it an EVOC course. It's EVOC, stands for Emergency Vehicle Operators Course. And we retrain on that uh, once a year. And it's just a, a setting on a driving pad where they set out cones and you do certain maneuvers and they cut, they try to make it as real as possible. So uh, lately we've had some people hit some things in the ambulance. So the driving course that's coming up, they're going to position cones in, in a way that recreates those accidents. So we learn how to uh, maneuver the ambulance uh, efficiently and safely at the same time. Have you ever had any accident while driving the ambulance? I am lucky enough to say I have never hit anything while driving the ambulance. Knock on wood. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> um, yeah. But, you know, this is going to be my career, hopefully, for the rest of my life. So accidents are inevitably inevitably going to happen, but nothing yet. Well, that's good to hear. And I hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah. So is one person usually typically the designated ambulance driver or is it just whoever gets to drive it that day? Like there's a different person each time. Yes. Yeah, so so the way it works usually is uh, I'm an EMT and my partner is a paramedic. We work on, they call it an advanced life support ambulance. So usually the EMT ends up 90% of the time driving. If the paramedic deems a patient BLS or basic life support, then I'm allowed to sit in the back with the patient and do the report and the paramedic can drive. So we both still have to take the EVOC course, but 90% of an EMT's job is driving an ambulance. Interesting. This is also like interesting to learn about. Yeah, not a lot of people, um, you know, actually realize until they get either, you know, working in the emergency medical field or talk to somebody that they all don't really understand what really goes on. 
I know you've mentioned about having to stop at red lights with an ambulance. Have you ever had an instance where something went wrong, like other cars didn't watch out for you? Yeah, so it, and it actually happens quite frequently. But I remember this one time, I usually work night shift, so it's usually not a problem, but I was working day shift and I was coming up to a red light, so slowing down. Like I mentioned, ambulances are heavy, so they take a while to slow down. And I came up to the red light slow, I stopped, check the intersection, make sure it's clear. Everybody was, else was stopped. And then off to my right, the uh, lady who was going to make a left across the turn lane and go the opposite direction from me, she decides to roll forward. And I, I inch forward, trying to try to get in front of her, but she just kept going. And I can change the, the siren pattern with my hand and I can use the horn, which I did. And she stopped directly in front of me and just stared at me. And I'm just like, what are you doing? You know, you're in my way. I have my lights and sirens on. You're supposed to yield. And, you know, she just kept staring at me and I kept using sirens and horns like we're taught. And she eventually flipped me off and sped away. So it's kind of, it happens too often and it kind of, you know, irritates you a little bit. But that's, that's one that I can vividly remember. I always wonder what is going through people's minds when they see an ambulance or a police officer and they're, they don't move over. Like, I don't understand what they're thinking. Yeah, I don't know. We're, um, we're taught to drive in the United States in the, in the far most left lane because, you know, you're supposed to pull over to, a right, to the right for an emergency vehicle. But people don't do that. So and, and we're not supposed to pass on the right because of the lawsuit, I guess, that we could get if we pass on the right and somebody tries to move over and we hit them. It's whatever. But I've been stuck behind people who won't move over. And all I could do is change the siren and use my horn. So it's it's in, it's very infuriating, uh, especially if you're going to a very critical call. Oh, I can imagine. I would never be able to go through that. I feel like you have to be a special type of person to be able to have this kind of job that you have. Yeah, the uh, the road rage is, is slowly getting worse in me, you know, as I <laughs> as I continue my career. Does that transition over to your just regular driving? Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. And then I'm just like, uh, you know, sometimes my girlfriend will be in the car and she'll be like, hey, you're not in your ambulance. You need to relax. <laughs> so is was there a specific moment that you had where you experienced road rage or had someone have road rage towards you? Oh, yeah, all the time. Um, we get, I don't necessarily call it uh, road rage, but people will... Uh, you know, right on our butts, you know, tailgate real close to us if we're going lights and sirens somewhere, trying to, for them, it seems like we get there a little faster. So if they're behind us, they get to their destination faster. And I always find myself when driving uh, lights and sirens, yelling at people to either stop, pull over, you know, stay where they're at. So it's, it's pretty bad, but you kind of have to have that mentality. And for me, it also, if I'm vocalizing, you know, uh, don't move, you pull over. It's also making me more aware of the road. That's, that's how I justify it, I guess. Have you ever had to, since our show is more about driving, um, have you ever had to go to a car accident scene? And if you did, could you walk us through what the process is like? Yeah, so we go, we go to a lot of uh, car accident scenes, and every accident scene is going to be different. But uh, usually, safety is our number one priority, right? Because you're working on an active roadway and people get hit a lot. But um, what I do usually is, you know, there's always going to be traffic and sometimes you have to use the, the other side of the road, the wrong side of the road, which is 
very dangerous in and of itself. But I always like to to visualize the accident. Accident, you know, how many how many vehicles is it? Are they blocking the roadway? And if they are, how can I position myself in the safest way possible to keep me safe and the patient safe at the same time? So, kind of transitioning to regular driving versus, I guess, ambulance driving. Um, so, there's typically stereotypes that are associated with drivers in different areas. Is there or are there stereotypes that are associated with drivers in your area? Yes, uh, we have. I live in a a very um, very elderly uh, county, so our our median age here, I think, is like seventy years old or something, and they're elderly. You kind of have to give them some slack, but they're very slow. Their reaction time's not the greatest. They, you know, leave their turn signals on for blocks at a time, and you're just like, okay, if, are you going to turn or are you not going to turn? Where are we going here? That's the worst. Yeah. At least they use their turn signals, right? Yeah, they, they'll either use them or leave them on. It's one or the other. You don't know. Yeah, here in we're in Maryland, and turn signals are just not a thing. People just go without signaling. Yeah. I, I I live in a very rural part of, of Florida, so I I can't even imagine a big city or or big state, you know, like like yours. Yeah, we also actually live in a very rural part of Maryland, um, so not actually the big city, but people are very crazy. Oh yeah, and I I, I don't know where they learn to drive. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's funny you uh you take your driver's test and and everything you think is is clear cut. These are the rules of the road and how you drive, and then. As soon as they take the test, pass, get their license, it all goes out the window. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so moving on to what kind of driver you are, which we've touched on this a little bit, but are you the type of person who would rather drive or be a passenger in a car? I would rather drive. Uh, I can't speak for my passengers, <laughs> but but I would be the one that would prefer to drive. Like I said, my, my job's you know 90% driving, so I'm completely comfortable with it. Yeah, you kind of have to love driving to have that kind of job. Oh, yeah. Have you ever been in a car where you were a passenger and you were like, oh, this was a bad idea? Yes, especially after my, my buddy got his first like muscle car. And it was just like, oh, gosh, I'm going to flip off this road. We're, we're both young and dumb. You know, I'm only 24. So all my friends are about the same age. And you, you put a lot of power in, in a 20-year-old's hands. It's a little scary. Fun, but a little scary. Yeah, that's the age when people don't don't have as much responsibilities or as many commitments or a family at that point. So they're not as worried of what they're doing behind the wheel. Right. Yeah, totally true. How would you describe what kind of driver you are? And would you say that your family and friends would describe your driving in the same way? Yeah, I would. I would minus my road rage incidents. I would uh, probably say I'm a safe driver or a safer driver. And I learned that basically from my dad. He's the one who taught me to drive. And that's always, you know, just stuck with me is to be the safest you possibly can be because you're not the only one out on the road. So there is that responsibility you have when you drive. My dad would would say I'm a safe driver. Uh, I've never been in a car accident, luckily. So I would consider myself pretty safe. Well, that's really good to hear, especially since you do have to drive an ambulance. And (laughs) that's probably an important part. Yeah, because, you know, like I said, it's it's more than you on the road. And in the ambulance, you also have a patient. So it's not just you and your partner that you have to think about. Yeah, that's very true. You have not just your life, but others' life on the line, too. 
Would you consider yourself a honker or has driving an ambulance made you more likely to honk at people? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm now more likely to honk at people. It's so some of our ambulances have horns, others don't. And if I'm in an ambulance that has a horn, it's being used all the time. There's no doubt about it. I don't know. Does it work? Does it not work? Nobody really knows, but it kind of makes it a, a cool effect if you if you want to say that. But it definitely translates into personal life driving where I'm I'm more aggressive with the horn and either wanting people to move out of the way or letting them know that they did something incorrectly. Yeah, I'm not typically the type of person to honk the horn. Well, I feel like I've been in situations where I should have honked, but I don't automatically go to that reaction. Oh, yeah. I'm there's no doubt about it. If you do something dumb in front of me, you're there's more than a 90% chance you're going to get beeped at. So there have been like a lot of changes in the way that they teach you how to properly hold a steering wheel and when you drive, what the correct positioning is. So when you drive, how do you typically hold the steering wheel and what would you consider is the quote unquote correct way? Uh, the correct way is probably, you know, what I've been taught 10 and 2. Your, your hands are out of the way of this, uh, the airbag if you get into a wreck and it goes off and you have more control because you have two hands on the steering wheel. I drive with one hand on the steering wheel and it's usually on the, the top of the middle of the steering wheel. So less control, but I guess it's got the, the cool factor if you, if you want to say that. Yeah, I feel like a lot of people drive with one hand as opposed to putting two hands on the wheel after they get comfortable. Oh, yeah. And what? is that the same for both ambulance and your truck? Yep. So the ambulance, I drive with one hand as well. And uh, I kind of have to, I guess, because I also control the siren with the other hand and talk through the radio with the other hand. Uh, so I'm doing three or four things going on at once while I'm also driving. That makes sense. Sticking on this other drivers and annoying drivers topic, what would you say is your biggest pet peeve of driving? Uh, if my biggest pet peeve is, is probably slow drivers in the passing lane. That's, that's one thing I will, I will close the distance, get real close to you and try and move you over so I can, I can get past. Yeah, you're supposed to follow the speed limit, but it's just like, let's, let's just move this along and, and get where we're going. Yeah, slow drivers. I feel like that's one of the things I often complain about too, especially when I'm coming home from work. It's just like, you can at least go the speed limit. Yeah, it's just like, you just want to get home and relax and just forget about the day. It's just like, let's, let me just get there. Now that we know what kind of driver you are, let's go back to how it started. How would you describe your first time driving experience and who was it with? My first time driving was, it was with my dad and he had a Mercedes at the time. Uh, it was, it was scary because, you know, you think Mercedes, a lot of money, you don't want to mess it up. And also just trying to get the feel of the car and how to, how to drive. It was, it was scary for me. Also with it being my dad, you don't want to do anything wrong. You want to stay at or under the speed limit, good following distance. He definitely made me more nervous than I probably should have been, but I got my license, so I, I guess I did something right. I feel like that's all dads. They just make you way more nervous when driving. Yeah, even even today, you know, if, if I drive him, I'm just like, okay, got to follow, follow the rules. It's black and white. You know, there's no gray area in the rules here. 
Oh, really? I feel like our dad has changed to where when we were first driving, I felt super nervous driving with him. But now he's just like, why aren't you going faster? Yeah. Why are you going so slow? Yeah, my dad, my dad's just, he's like, just follow the rules, you'll be fine. And then, you know, he always points out police officers. He'll be like, you go on the speed limit, there's a, there's a cop up here. Make sure you're doing the speed limit. Just like, relax, I got this. I'm an EMT. I know what I'm doing. Yes. <laughs> so it sounds like you were able to pass your driver's test the first time. Yep, I passed the first time, luckily. That's awesome. One of the big parts with driving or the driver's test is parallel parking. And I'm not sure if like Florida does this or not, but Maryland got rid of parallel parking. What do you think about that? I think we need to bring it back, especially up in up in Maryland, where the big cities, you have smaller streets and you might have to park on, on the curbside. But I had to parallel park. It's not as difficult as people make it. But I, I personally think it, sh- it should still be taught and it needs to be brought back into the into the driver's test. Did Florida also get rid of it? I don't know if they have. I know that for uh, me, when I do my annual EVOC training, I still have to parallel park an ambulance. So that's still Florida's law on that. I don't know about a regular car, though. Is there a lot of, I guess, there's not a lot of parallel parking like needed down in where you live? Yeah, no, not, not really. Usually a lot of people here, they'll... Uh, if they have to park on the road, they'll hop the curb and park on the grass. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, that's a new one. <laughs> it's weird. It's a Southern thing. Nobody cares about grass around here. Everyone just parks on it. Huh. <laughs> that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. You, you know, you can be uh, driving through uh, our downtown in, in this, in our county and you'll have cars parallel parked. And on the opposite side of that, on top of the curb on the grass, you'll have cars parked. So it's just like, how are you going to get out of your parking spot? Is that even allowed? I'm not going to (laughs) say yes. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think you could fly by not knowing. Well, okay. So there's a lot of people that don't know how to parallel park, but it's definitely very important skill needed. Yeah, for sure. Um, I have a a, a grandma who who lives in uh, New York City and... You know, whenever we drive up there, that's it's what we got to do. So for the, for the bigger cities or, or the states that have, you know, the really big cities, I'm surprised that they're they're getting away from it. Yeah, I can't believe they did it. But what can you do? That's fine. I mean, I wish they got rid of it when I went. I know. I agree. I hope. I mean, I'm kind of glad I did learn how to do it. But that was what was the hardest part for me for my test. Yeah, it's it's especially, you know, it all depends on the car you you drive during your test, too. But I think we all need to learn how to do that again. What would you say is your least favorite part and your most favorite part of driving an ambulance? My least favorite part. Hmm. It's it's probably that they're just they're they're wide and they're top heavy. So you really have to watch your speed going around corners. It's real easy to to flip them, unfortunately. And if you know, one day if you're having a bad day or whatever, yeah, accidents can happen very quickly in an ambulance. But probably my, my favorite thing is, like I said, you know, I got lights and sirens and most of the time people get out of my way. So yeah, that must feel real good. Yeah, you're just like, I'm, I feel important. It's fun. <laughs> so do you think that if you were to retake the driving test today that you would be able to pass it? Well, since they got rid of parallel parking, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like I said, it all depends on on the car you drive taking it. A smaller car is probably going to work the best for it. And if I had a small enough car, I could definitely pass the first time. We have a final bonus question for you. If you could make one new driving law, what would it be? Oh, man. One new driving law. That's tough. Uh, I don't know if I'd, this really counts, but I would probably uh, make it 
a yearly requirement to to do a driving test again. Like I said, I'm I'm in a county that's a very elderly county, and unfortunately, you know, it's hard for me to say it, but there's some people that shouldn't be on the road, and and there's young people that shouldn't be on the road either. So I'd I'd probably make it mandatory to to retake a driver's test every year. Yeah, I was gonna say there's definitely some uh, younger people that I question whether they should have a license. But yeah, that's a very controversial uh, topic of what retaking driving tests every year. Yeah, and you know not only not only driving tests for a car, but but also motorcycles. Like you get young kids on a motorcycle and they think they're invincible. You got to kind of just every year just reel them back and be like, hey, let me just make sure your skills are still up to up to date. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I've seen way too many motorcycle accidents or heard of way too many. And you always end up in more severe, I feel like, accidents on them. Yeah, that's that's for sure. You know, motorcycle accidents are, are one of you know, the highest fatality rates that we have. And it's not always their fault, but they still uh, have opportunities to avoid accidents if if they were paying a little more attention and whatnot. Do you have any final thoughts or any tips you want to give other drivers? Yeah, my biggest tip is probably always check your mirrors. You you, you see a lot in your rear in your rear view mirrors. Whoa, I can't speak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, your your mirrors are your best friends, and the the more you scan around, the more you look, the more alert you are. You become a better driver. That's probably what my advice would be. Very well said. <laughs> I can't tell you the number of people that don't look in their mirrors, but yeah, it's such a simple thing. Oh, yeah. It's, I mean, they're there for a reason. Why not use them, right? Exactly. <laughs> Just like with the blinkers, they're there for a reason. Yes. Like, why else do they put them in the car? <laughs> use them. It doesn't only help you, but it helps everyone behind you. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Where can listeners find you if they want to listen to your show? Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Uh, I upload podcasts on EMT Life Podcast. And you can go to Instagram at EMT underscore life underscore podcast. And I'm there to talk with anybody or have a conversation with anyone. So it's a lot of fun for me. Well, thank you again so much for coming on. And thank you for all that you do. Yeah, well, thank you. I appreciate it. And, and thanks for the opportunity to come on to your show. It's It's been a blast. I don't think I could actually be an ambulance driver because one... The having to drive fast and being able to control your vehicle. I feel like I would be that ambulance or police officer, like ambulance, like ambulance, I'd be the ambulance. I'd be the ambulance. <laughs> I would be that ambulance that just drives slow. No, I would so, be that. So you remember JJ the jet plane? You would be the, like, <laughs> I would be the blue plane. I'm like, no, I'd be the yellow ambulance. <laughs> I would be that ambulance that drives Oh, you said ambulance again. I forgot the driver. I would be the driver of the ambulance <laughs> that would be driving so slow. Like, I feel like I would not be the right person to be in that position because I would not get us there on time. I feel like I'd be like, whoa, no, no, no. But like, there's that crazy person. There's that crazy. And yeah. I'd be driving slow. Like, you know, I'd be the ambulance where, you know how on ambulances, they write ambulance backwards so you can see it in your mirror. <laughs> yeah. I'd be the ambulance where it's written the correct way. So you read it backwards in your mirror. <laughs> <laughs> just totally wrong <laughs> that's me yeah so i probably 
Actually, like he said on his first day of training, he had to step back because he just couldn't do it. I'd probably be training and they'd be like, nah, you're not cut for this. You're done. Get out. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely takes a special type of person to be able to handle that stress. So like kudos to him for being able to handle that. And like, especially like crazy people like that lady that blocked him in the intersection. And it was like, yeah, it was like, what are you doing? (laughs) It's like, uh, I'm going to the hospital what are you doing? i can't believe that lady was like no you get out of my way yeah it's like um the law says you're supposed to move over for these for the these i was about to call ambulance like a person <laughs> again you're still on that <laughs> move over for the ambulance is because they're trying to get somewhere the reason they're out with their sirens on is because there's an emergency so it's like lady I'm sure you don't have anywhere better to go than where this ambulance is headed right now. Yeah, and I was always curious if people, like people who are in that profession, like when they go into their own personal vehicles, how are they able to switch it off? And obviously it translates over a little bit and you're just like, oh my God, why are you going so slow? Oh wait, I'm, I'm. I'm driving a personal vehicle. Yeah, I'm not in this ambulance (laughs) anymore. Yeah, I would, I feel like I would have that difficulty transitioning between the ambulance and my car and I could see how it makes him more of a I can see how I made him more of a defensive and aggressive driver after driving the ambulance so I guess it also translates to police officers and like other what's the emergency person yeah emergency <laughs> personnel that have to like be able to drive fast and under control in like emergency situations but then when they get in their own vehicle it's like wait now I have to Remind my, remind myself that I am not in this role right now. I am in my personal vehicle, drive slower, more controlled, yeah. you know. But it was really interesting to be able to hear an EMT's perspective on driving and how crazy it is for them as well. Yeah, and he is also in the process of continuous edu- education. So I wish him the best of luck and hope he can get to his journey of becoming a firefighter as fast as possible. We hope you enjoyed listening to Andrew's stories. And if you or anyone you know has any interesting driving stories and would love to come on as a guest, you can fill out the interest form on our website at drivewithuspodcast.com. And be sure to stay tuned until the end for a sneak peek of next week's episode where we're joined by Jay Stamatelos, where we talked about getting covered in liquid manure, a bison scare, and a taxi race. Thanks for driving with us. Love this episode of Drive With Us? Leave us a review on iTunes or Podchaser and connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Drive With Us Podcast. And now a sneak peek. We were on our way up to Boston and (laughs) we're driving up the road and it's like five lanes of traffic on both sides. And we just see a car entirely on fire in the oncoming lane and no one cares.